Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today, as usual. Anyway, how are my peeps doing? Welcome aboard, Yvette Avery, Herod, our union, beautiful union specialist, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Como estas, mi hermosa? AVQ, how are you doing, my brother? Welcome aboard. Ready? Uh, let's see who else is in the house. Come on, guys. Type your names up so I can salute you. You know that's what I like to do. Make sure everybody is represented, like we say. Represent. Represent. Let's see. Uh, audio, video, good. Great. Love to hear that. Love to hear that everything is working fine. All right. Rudnan starts out with LA Times. Why desert golf courses and artificial takes, or artificial lakes remain untouched by the Colorado River crisis? Can't have golf courses in the desert during a mega drought. The states are restricting home usage, but exempting large business businesses is a corrupt injustice. When the federal land management comes to regulate water usage later this year, golf courses are on the top of the chopping block, along with us unsustainable farming practices. You know how it goes here. It's not about the people ever. It's business first, you know. I tell you, I went to... Um, an online conference, and what they tried to bring is they brought right-wingers, middle-of-the-roaders, uh, slightly right, slightly left, and lefties like myself to talk. And we started talking about what America needed and the businesses, the things that America need. Welcome aboard, Lee Grant. Welcome aboard. And it was interesting because the first thing the, uh, the, the right-winger and the guy from the middle right asked was uh, how will it affect business? In other words, a policy change that helps people. His first question was, wasn't, did it help them enough? It wasn't, uh, do we need to do more? It wasn't, we should have done this a long time. His first question was, how will it affect business? Only concern. And we have learned to accept that mentality. I got a call in from, um, from a, somebody today on KPFT. Most of the calls were positive. Even those that didn't completely agree with me were positive. But this guy called in and he, he wanted to hit me up on Venezuela and all these things as if it had anything to do with what I want or anything. But I thought it was interesting because what I and I'll probably see if I can cut that out to make the to show how indoctrination actually works. Because this guy was only interested in how it's going to affect this, or he wasn't. He, he completely misunderstood the human part of policy. He completely misunderstood that what people like myself and you, most of you, stand for is. We think about humanity first. We think about people first. And then we create a structure around humanity so that business can serve humanity, not the other way around. It, it is almost like we are, you know, that's the difference between slavery and a free enterprise system, right? You are there as cogs to support the business. That's slavery. But we have it all kind of different names that we call it now. Or... We have humanity and we, we have the environment that business can flourish, but that does not affect humanity. And it's possible if we simply worked at it. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Anyway, how are my peeps doing? We're still a little bit scant on people. I don't know where everybody is. We even our YouTube channel is not flourishing with a whole bunch of people yet. Go ahead and give me those those soup those, those likes on Facebook and those likes on YouTube, please, because we're really down. I don't see a lot of numbers right here, right now. I don't know if our email went out yet. I don't know if all our messaging went out, but we have to get all right. The email just fired. The email just fired off. Okay. Anyhow, e two two four seven. Welcome aboard. Anyhow, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with um, Chuck Todd, that piece that... I, no, actually, no. Um, let me go ahead and start with, um, with the guy who got shot. 
Because here's the deal. It was it was asked by to Eddie Glaude, is there anything the victim can do to reduce the chances of what happened to Tyree Nichols? Is there anything that one could do? Even if 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 it's if, if it's not if you're innocent, etc., what can you do to stop what Tyrese? And I want you to listen to Eddie Glaud. I love Eddie Glaud because he gets to the core of the issues. Listen to what he had to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. Because if we don't fully understand what Glaud is saying here, if we don't fully get it, as things have been repeating since Rodney King, before Rodney King, and after Rodney King, they will continue again. I really love the way Eddie put it. Check it out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Other thing that we have done, aside to, from trying to reform a system that doesn't want to be reformed, is we've put a lot of the onus on the victims themselves, right? There's been a lot of talk about the talk, the conversation that parents have to have with their young black children or brown children about how to behave when the police stop you. And what is so chilling about this video is you hear Tyree Nichols in a very calm voice. I'm just trying to get home. You guys are doing a lot right now. The police are are acting in fury. And here is someone who is doing, who is running the playbook that any parent would have their child run, which is stay calm, don't be antagonistic, don't be aggressive, do what they say. And he died anyway. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about the talk that could save my son if he runs into a cop who's having a bad day. There's nothing that could save him. There's nothing he could do that could turn that cop down. Just like we saw it with Tyree. I mean, he even spoke calmly. Okay, I'm on the ground. And what we heard in response to that, I want to just say something that that echoes something that, that Rashad said. And I want to put it in a phrase. Diversifying evil doesn't change the meaning of the noun. Diversifying evil doesn't change the meaning of the now. You could put black faces in, in, these, in, these, in these institutions that are fundamentally corrupt at their core. It doesn't change the fundamental nature of the institution. This is what Baldwin was writing about, the evidence of, not, evidence of things not seen in 1987, when he was trying to come to terms with all these poor black babies being killed in Atlanta with a black mayor and a black chief of police and, 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 and the city too busy to hate. Right. So you're right. There's nothing I can do as a parent to protect my child from organized state violence in that way. And don't put it on me. Don't put it on us. Right. In some sense. But uh, we have to name it for what it is. I'm sorry. We have to name it for what it is. And, you know, it, it is interesting because a lot of folks were made aware of the talk. Right. The talk that I had with my daughter, you know, my, we're in Kingwood, Texas. And my daughter, most of her friends out here in Kingwood were white. And I remember when she's going out, making sure to tell her that she cannot do the same thing that they may do. She has her behavior cannot be the same. And, you know, even though she didn't want to listen, didn't want to hear it, she knew she had to listen to it. And that is because, you know, it's so very few people believe it until they see it. The two different justice systems that we have in America. You know, as I, as I planned my earlier show today, it's interesting because uh, the show at KPFT, I started with gasoline, which wasn't on the subject of the show, but the gasoline subject just took the show over. And so we had a whole talk on gasoline and nationalizing the oil industry and all that kind of stuff. And we didn't get to go in depth onto what I wanted to talk about when it came to the police officers etc right and it's it's amazing because um let's see i guess when you vilify cops fewer people will want to be cops so cities are forced to hire substandard individuals we 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 don't vilify cops uh lee cops vilify themselves i mean uh you have a different experience with cops than than people of color have than i have i mean i've from the time I came to this country, 
I was the most respectful person to cops altogether because I tried my best, my absolute best, not to have any interaction with cops. Because what you heard Eddie Glaude speak about is actually true. And when he talk about you can't try to device, diversify an institution that is inherently corrupt and evil. And, uh, and, and I'm sorry, it is true. Uh, I want to see a cop if somebody is attacking me. But my fear of seeing a cop when somebody is attacking me is that the cop will turn and be one of those attacking me as well. As crazy as that sounds, I can tell you many friends who that has actually happened to. In other words, they call to report a, a fight between two people or, or miss some, and, and the person who turns out getting arrested is exactly who called the cops. And the reason why is when we talk about systemic racism and when folks don't want to talk about that, guess what? It is really true. And people say, well, look, those were five black officers. Let me give you an interesting fact that very few of you are, have yet to know. That's what I was going to talk about. I tell you what, let me read what I, what I said was supposed to be on my show this morning that wasn't. I said, why Memphis acted so fast on Nichols' murder? And let me put that on the screen. I think, let me get that on the screen. This is my, my substack. You can read the entire substack at politicsonright.com slash newsletter. Politicsonright.com, that's newsletter. This is a newsletter I sent out before the show today. And it says, why did, why, why Memphis acted so fast on Nichols' murder? I said, the five police officers immediately fired and charged with murdering Tyree Nichols are about to learn a lesson. They will be privy to the dual injustice system most criminal and social justice activists have been fighting to eradicate. There were no chance of Blue Lives Matter. There was no wait for all the data to be reviewed. Additional officers that were complicit so far have not been charged. And let me stop there. Because there were white officers that were a part of the cabal that was beating this guy. Now, I, I didn't see on camera any of the white officers in this case beating the guy, but one of the white officers was there uh, washing the, uh, the thing out of the hand, the eyes of the, <laughs> the incompetent cop who got the spray in his eyes. And another one was on the side as well. Nobody tried to stop the murder. In America, when you are complicit, you are also charged. They weren't charged. The five black guys were charged. And it, 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 it is what I'm talking about when I say there were no chance of blue life matter. There was no wait for all the data. Additionally, officers that were complicit so far have not been charged. Think about that. These officers were caught on the few cameras that terrorized the young man, but that is the modus operandi of the policing system in America. Many police officers see themselves as some enforcer. They get their kicks from dominating others. Go into any minority or poor area, and they will tell you that the beatings you saw are standard procedure, mostly not videoed. I just interviewed uh, Chivas Watson a few weeks ago when he was beaten also and got his finger broken by a black police officer in Harris County. Defunding the police was a moniker ripe for the right wing to misconstrue. But reforming the police by moving all but the duties where a gun is necessary will save lives and use their oversized bravado where it is needed most. You see, they should have never started a moniker, defund the police, defund, that's not what they should have done. They should have simply progressively removed the job descriptions that police have. Where police officers are needed for the bravado and the gun, let them go there. When there's a criminal act, when there's a shoot and all, send the police officers. But when there are psychological issues, when there are traffic, we don't even need traffic stops. 
we have enough cameras around to go ahead and handle mailing you a ticket so that you don't have to have an interface with the cop. Because God forbid, I don't want an interface with a cop when he's having a bad day. And suffice it to say, I'll be honest, I have had bad and good encounters with police officers. Okay. Uh, but I tell you, and not only that, I've written blogs about good police officers that I've encountered that actually got one of them a commendation. So I'm not some person that is anti-police and no, I'm anti-bad police, but most police officers, I will, I will grant you most police officers are bad by inference. In other words, they know bad police officers and they're doing nothing about it. And if that occurs, you continue to have the bad police officers. And, and we have to get, we, we have to understand that. We really need to understand that. You know, um, I want to go ahead and, 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 and pull up, what, what is it? I, I think I called it, I, I can't remember. Let's see. I think it was police and let me, let me do a search here. Because I want to show you all to be sure, KPFT, police, uh, let's see if that will bring, bring that article up. Because a lot, of, a lot of folks, oh, here it is. Here it is. Just to let you know, I am not anti-police. The last night I had this encounter with a Houston police officer. I put that on the screen. This is epitome of a good police officer. I wrote this blog and for this police officer and you see the picture with me and the police officer because he was so he was he stopped me and by the way he did stop me for driving while black okay because what he said i did i i mean uh, even if i did it it's not something that you would have stopped somebody for but he stopped me okay uh but he was very professional he just wanted to know i was in the area i was in an area that's probably a lot of folks at the time uh, probably didn't look like me, okay? And he stopped me. And he claimed that I did X, Y, Z. I don't really think I did. But anyhow, uh, I, I, and I, I'm not going to read the story, but he stopped me. We had a professional interchange. He didn't give me a ticket. He just said, please don't do that. He just wanted to see who I was. And because I was very methodical, I was very, read this article. I'm going to put this article in the, in the, in the chat so you guys can actually see it for yourself. That's the article that I wrote on this officer. But I had an update where I said, I just received an email from the Houston Police Department. The name of the officer is Chad Minton. As a result of the blog, Officer Chad Milton received a written, a written citizen commendation. Just to let you know. Egberto, no more. No. Uh, Egberto, one more for the screen. Okay. You want something on the screen? Here we go. All right, there we go for the screen for uh, uh, for brother. Let's see, uh, introducing cross app messaging. You can now search. All right, let's see. Here we go. Why the hell are we even? This is what uh, Radnin just gave me to put on the screen. Why the hell are we even still doing traffic stops anyway? For speeding, we're sending armed people around to pull people over and confront them in person for things like busted taillights. Why? Take a plate and mail the effing ticket. And that's what, that's what I heard somebody mentioned on TV last night. She said, we don't need to use police off, armed police officers to go interrupt the lives of somebody. Go ahead and take a picture and send them a ticket. That's all you need to do. All right. Saludos. Roberto Lewis, welcome to Politics and Right. Lee Grant, welcome to Politics and Right. E2247, welcome to Politics and Right. Uh, we also have from Lee Grant, he says, I guess... When you I read that already. No, we're not vilifying cop. We're just calling things out the way they really are. And here's another one from El Senor Rudnin. White Americans, uh, the talk. African Americans, the talk. <laughs> the birds and the bees for Houston boys and girls, actually, because I had the talk with my girl. It is about exactly. Thank you for that one, uh, for that one, Rudnin. You know, instead, there, there are some people that refuse to accept that some of us of a certain hue must have the talk, right? And instead of trying to see things through our eyes and see the reasons we have to do this, they try to make an excuse for the police officers. Please don't. 
please don't. Accept what we're telling you occurs to us, often behind closed doors, often away from cameras. We have to live it. We, not because you don't see it, because that's the intent for you not to see, but we live it. And I'd like one of you that constantly harp to just come and say, could you please tell me your experiences? You should try that sometime. All right, Lee Grant says, I heard the five black officers were tools of white supremacy. Yes, they are. There's absolutely no doubt about that, Mr. Grant. Um, E224 said, AG Gerland playing snooker with the AG bar and Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I heard you, man. Lado says, yeah, me too. Everything is racist. It must be really hard to be black. Actually, it is. Um, it is hard, Mr. Lado. When you have to change, you always have to try to not walk into the undeserved or unwarranted fear. When you go into establishments, you always have to watch your tone because when certain tones come out of you, it is, it is uh, threatening. But if it comes out of you, Ledo, you're just being aggressive. You're just being, you know, hyped, heated. Comes out of me. It's, I tell you a story. And this happened, to a friend, this happened with a friend of mine. I was doing politics done right. And it, believe it or not, it was on this issue as well. It was on the police issue. Somebody, I think it was when Michael, Michael Brown got killed. And I, you know, it, when Michael Brown got killed, it played a number on me. And I think I had an extra show or something, an extra Politics Done Right show when it just happened. And, you know, uh, you know at the time I was the president of the Kingwood Area Democrats. Was it? I think it was the Kingwood Area Democrats. I think that's what it was, if I recall correctly. And, but I was, I was at some organization and, you know, people would call in and I was really hitting hard. This is what happened. And this is, you know, and, 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 you know, I was really into saying how disappointed I was, how mad I was for what happened to Mr. Brown and this good friend, she's from the Kingwood area Democrats. After the show, she called me concerned. And she said, um, Egberto, why were you so angry? Why were you so, you know, she said, you know, that's going to scare people or something like that. She told me, and you know, I'm listening to her and I'm smiling, right? And I'm like, that didn't sound like Rush Limbaugh when he goes off on a tangent. I didn't sound like any one of that because what I did is I went and replayed uh, the piece of the video, right? And in my mind, I'm saying that is how ingrained, that is how ingrained things are. This is what systemic racism, she's not a bad person at all. But uh, she was happy with me as the, a very docile Egberto, uh, one that would, I mean, pretty much just if you listen to me on KPFT when I'm on air, people can tell me just about anything and I'm just one way all of the times. I don't get excited or anything like that. But God forbid that I get excited. And when I am talking about me as a black Latino Caribbean dude, I'm talking for every person of color here. You're either an angry black woman an angry Latina or, or, or something of that nature because you're, 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 they're, they're, you're wanted to put in a box. And by the way, it's not only your white counterparts that evaluate you that way in certain circumstances. It's even the cops. Like you saw the video with the cops who attacked this guy. They went out there ablazing. They opened the door and dragged them out of the car. They were, and I've seen, I have videos where there are white folks driving the car, cussing at the cops, and they come to the car and they, 
they don't, they, you don't see the same behavior in the aggregate. I'm not saying it never happens. I'm saying in the aggregate, you don't see the same behavior neither by black cops or white cops. And that is because the humanity of some is more respected than the humanity of others. And until we accept that reality, we can't change. You have to first accept that that's the reality. And when you accept that, then we can work on our hearts to make the change that needs to be changed. Lee Grant says there are some protests and destruction this weekend, but it was tempered by weather and the black cop effect. It's not the black cop effect at all. People are more upset at the black cops than they would at a white cop who did that because, as it turns out, it shows how diseased the police system is. So that was a wrong conclusion, my dear brother Lee Grant. Eric Hayes says, inferences are being mentioned here. Calculated inferences. Daniel Ledo says, it's best to riot uh, for fake racism in the summer. Wow. Of course, Daniel. Hi, Peggy Lopez. How are you doing? Daniel Lopez, Daniel Ledo says, you are an idiot if you think white parents don't talk to their kids about interacting with police. Egberto lives in a world with boogeymen around every corner. One has to wonder at the mental stress of it all. Oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Actually, I'm not stressed at all. At all. From the time I started doing the right thing as far as promoting good, not being a, a, um, a hyper-capitalist just dependent on money, 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 I've actually been doing very well mentally. Economically is a different thing, but mentally it's been doing great. Good afternoon, Maywood. Peggy Lopez, good afternoon. Peggy Lopez says, the blue uniform changes everyone to blue. Internally, within the blue shirts, they see color of the pairs, which each have in their place. Again, but these black officers are going to realize two justice systems. They're just like the one in, uh, just like the one in Minnesota who accidentally shot that uh, white woman who jumped up to the car and he got scared and he shot her accidentally. He's, they put him away. It was quick, just like this one here. It was quick. They arrested and took care of him quickly, just like this one here. Uh, Rob, Roberto Lewis says, I talk to my son and young soldiers every moment I have. I know, Lou. You're my brother. I understand. We know what we have to do. Uh, you know, and you can't listen to those who, oh, you don't really have to do that. That's not how it is anymore. No, it is. Lee Grant says, I wonder if there's something, uh, something personal between the cops and Tyree. We need more info on this. I have no idea. I could be, but it doesn't matter, right? They are cops. It is like what I told a cop that I spoke to at KPFT. It doesn't matter what these civilians do. You are the professional. You are the one who should know how to behave yourself. Eric says, evil is among us all and around, and the good has to rise above it for everyone. I agree. It was the chief that let, had a lot to do here, right? Of course. But we, we, already, we already established the fact that the institution of policing itself is a white supremacist system. It's, a, it, it, it's an inherently racist system. I don't, have to, I don't have to debate that. Just look at the numbers. That's all you got to do. You just have to look at the numbers. It's inherently racist. I don't speak about this a lot, but this particular time, this particular issue, it is essential that we get that we get it all right enough of the um of the police issue with tyree um i feel for him i feel for his parents bridge mcp is not with us i'll have to give her a call later on make sure all is okay i know that there's a lot of she had a lot of snow to clean up and all that good stuff but i'll, I'll check check with her i uh, don't forget folks if you are on youtube right now consider joining our pdr pass just click that join button Anyhow, let's continue. Uh, Chuck Todd. I was so impressed with Chuck Todd. You know, a lot of people later on gave me hell. He's just doing his job. Yeah, but you know, when people do a good job, like just when that cop, when my cop did this good job, when this cop here did a good job with me, I made sure to get him commended. When he did a good job, I made sure that I called it out. I even called it out at KPFT on air. Lot of, I got a lot of pushback from progressives who said he was just doing his job. That was his job. I understand it was his job. 
But given the treatment that so many get from these guys, I think it's important that we do this. All right, let's go ahead, my brothers and sisters. Let's listen to Chuck Todd. I think he did a great job. A combative Chuck Todd today was on point, by point, by point, right on Trump's lapdog representative. And now he's uh, chairman of some of these committees that are going to really... uh, have all the charades. Uh, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan came out like a, a, a radical lapdog. And you know what? I was surprised to see how Chuck Todd handled him. Check this out and then we'll discuss further on the other side. Just last week, we learned that a former FBI agent, special agent mm-hmm. in charge of counterintelligence in the New York division, mm-hmm. was taking money from a Russian. And this wasn't just, I mean, this was the special agent in charge of counter, yeah. counterintelligence in New York, taking money from Oleg Deripaska, not just any, yeah. not just you, any you know Russian, the Russian. Yeah, you know and he was also. You know, who his, this, you know who his American advisor was? Oleg Deripaska, the former campaign manager to Donald Trump's campaign, I Paul Manafort. I, I understand. Mean, this is. So so I, I, you know, but does this not raise some troubling signs here? It sure does. That's Paul, Manaf- Paul Manafort was the go-between for Oleg Deripaska. He gave him polling information also on the campaign. Paid, Oleg Deripaska also paid Christopher Steele, who was the key guy on the whole Steele dossier that launched a Trump-Russia investigation. Guess who one of the people was who was involved right. in launching that? Mr. McGonagall, this special agent at the FBI. So that's why we're looking at the this attack of government against you look at the role Paul Manafort played with Oleg Deripaska? To the extent that may come in, but, but we're, okay. we're focused on the number of things we've seen here. And I haven't even got to the Department of Homeland Security me, trying to set up the disinformation un- governance board. Well, I want to unpack a little bit. You, you, you talk about the FBI abusing uh, powers when it comes to parents and school board. School board members were getting death threats. These weren't idle things. These weren't par- parents just yelling and screaming. These were actual you know death threats to elected officials. And the FBI got a tip. How do they not, should they not look into a death threat when an elected official gets a death threat? I mean, well, you're, you're, trying to create a, you're trying to create a, uh, you're trying no. to create a controversy out of the FBI following up a tip. I mean, literally, one of the, one of the, here's one a mom, this one, Loudoun County, Virginia school board member. If she doesn't quit or resign before the end of the year, we will kill her. But first, we will kill you. These were among the comments in Dublin, no, no, Ohio, he, school board member. You have become our enemies you will be removed one way or the other shouldn't the fbi investigate these one things? of the one of the one of the people they went to investigate was a mom and they said because she's in the group moms for liberty and because they have firearms at her house they go investigate her you get investigated in america for that they, they show up at your house now you don't think that has a chilling impact on 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 other parents this committee is about protecting right. the constitution in particular the first amendment the problem that when you look at it, so you want to talk about the weaponization of the Justice Department. You don't want to look at anything that happened during the Trump years. He subpoenaed data on Congressman Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. That's, that is known. He secretly obtained reporters' phone records using the Justice Department. He pressured the Justice Department, Donald Trump did, to go easy on Michael Flynn and Roger Stone. He pressured, he was, the Justice Department was pressured by Mark Chuck. Meadows to investigate this ele- election fraud. He even tried to change the leadership Chuck. at the Justice Department. My point is, want to protect if, the you are, if you are concerned about the weaponization of the Justice Department in the Biden years, why not investigate the Trump years? We're going to look at threats to the First Amendment. We're going to look at the, the, this, this, what Elon Musk through, through the Twitter files has displayed is unbelievable. The idea that the, the FBI was paying Twitter $3.4 million to help them suppress no, information. that's not how it keep, works. Keep they, information they from the American Twitter to, to, to okay. comply with subpoenas. Do you that's think, the federal law. Do you think it was okay? That's a law Congress passed. Do you think it's okay for the FBI to meeting, be meeting every week and suppressing information about uh, a conservative and suppressing the Hunter Biden story, which we know is true? Do you think that's all right? I think most Americans say, no, that's probably information. We, I understand, but this, what a, I would this like. a private organization here's, that made this decision. But you keep talking about this raid uh, on, on Donald Trump. The amount of time, there was nine months between the initial action that the archives made for request of documents before they even turned it over to the Justice Department. The subpoena was issued 60 days before they actually uh, executed the subpoena. And more importantly, the only time the public found out about it is because Donald Trump told the public about it. This was not some sort of, the you painted as a picture of the FBI did this, this, and this within hours of each other when it was actually a year and a half of Donald Trump- 
not complying with any of the requests from National Archives. A year and a half. This is not some sort of uh, proof that somehow that they've weaponized and playing politics over here. They raided, they raided Trump's home. They haven't raided Biden's home. Because they, Biden didn't defy a subpoena, Congressman. He defied a subpoena. By the way, he had 60 days to comply with Trump's, the subpoena before they actually executed President the Trump warrant. had documents locked in a room with Secret Service protecting them. Uh, President Biden had documents in his garage and in a think tank that was funded by the Chinese. I think there's a difference. President Trump was the only guy who was actually right. president. Right. You talk about that. You're worried about the Chinese and, and, and Hunter no, Biden. I'm just saying, Are I think you there's worried a difference. about the Chinese and Donald they Trump? They took pictures. They took pictures of... Are you at all worried about that? No, uh, I'm not. But they took pictures of, of the documents at Trump's house. They took no pictures of documents. In fact, it's not just me who would like to know what went on here. Senator Warner said it last I, week. He would like to get a briefing. He wants to see the documents. No and guess what? The FBI the is saying, no, but they took pictures the of the issue is not whether in Trump's home. The issue is not whether Joe Biden, what Joe Biden did. Uh, no, the issue is the issue is equal treatment under the law. That's the issue. No, the issue is treatment under the law. You do not seem to ever see the same conspiratorial problems when it's a Republican. Those were all investigated for four years, and they continue to do it. Their Durham investigation investigated everything you're trying to investigate and came up with nothing. Do you not trust Bill Barr and, and Mr. Durham? The Mueller investigation, we had two and a half years of this, and they were going to find Russian collusion. And guess what? They can't. Even know, Adam, Adam Schiff but, told but, us. Adam Schiff told but the, us. But the Durham investigation did not come up with any. They investigated all this, all these concerns that you had about the FBI, about made up snitches, all these things. They didn't find anything. Why is it that you want to re-investigate re- it? They found that Kevin Kleinsmith altered documents and he pled guilty to it. That's fine. And so, when you got someone with the FBI altering documents in front of the FISA court, that's not finding anything. <laughs> that's pretty that important, Chuck. All, that's a, they, and that's they did what we're not looking. find what you are claiming that is out there. Let me ask you about uh, subpoena compliance. You didn't uh, comply with a subpoena uh, from Congress. Um, why should you expect the Biden White House to comply with your subpoenas? Well, first of all, I never I never told the January 6th committee that I wouldn't uh, come testify. What I raised is concerns. They first asked me. I sent them a letter back. I never said no. They never responded to the letter. Next thing I know, they issued me a subpoena. I, find, I sent another letter back to them. I never said I wouldn't comply. How about telling us what you talked with Donald Trump with on January 6th? Be happy to... to, to, to uh, uh, talk to you about the concerns I had. No, no, the no, but what, did you, what were your conversations? I don't, I don't divulge with, co- with, conversations with, with my colleagues or with the President of the United States. I mean, I talk with him all the time. I talk to my colleagues all the time, but I don't divulge those those, those conversations. Has the current special counsel that is looking into January 6th, uh, have they subpoenaed you for anything? No. Have they made any contact? If no. they do, will you comply? Of course. Look, imagine if when Republicans showed up to meet the press, If Chuck Todd and others used to drill them this way. Yes, they still got their piece out. Uh, Jim Jordan was still able to get quite a few lies out. I cut some of them out because I wasn't going to be a medium for for him to use to uh, expose his misinformation, lies, etc. But Chuck Todd went with him point by point, toe to toe. And you know what? He even embarrassed him at one time because... When he he tried to bring that Russian issue up, it turned out that the person that had the most involvement with that Russian oligarch, that Russian uh, stooge, if you will, was none other than Manafort, the guy who was President Trump's campaign manager. Chuck Todd did a good job here. I think he could have done a bit better by not giving Jordan as much talk time that he did because he, he still used the airwaves to misinform. But, you know, when it comes from the mainstream media that Chuck was able to push back as he did, I think it's orders of magnitude better than before. Jim Jordan showed exactly who he was. Jim Jordan showed that he's nothing more than a stooge for Donald Trump. He's nothing more than somebody that is a hack. He is definitely a hack. And, you know, it was great to see. I really enjoyed that interview. And I really enjoyed actually giving Chuck the kudos that I think for this interview he deserved. Every single time uh, that uh, Jordan came up with a lie, he pushed back. He pushed back at, at uh, the Russian uh, Oleg, right? Uh, made it remi- reminded that Oleg was actually working with Trump's guy. He, he gave a good pushback on... I love the Twitter one, right? The, the big thing in right-wing media is, oh, Twitter is getting money from the FBI. Twitter always gets money from the FBI if they're asking them. 
We need this information, this information, this information. The FBI has to do what? Pay for it. I didn't call Todd a hack. I called the, the Johnson a hack. If I said Todd, I made a mistake. But anyhow, so you know, so he, he hit every time because every single point that Jordan brought up is either misinformation, disinformation, or a lie. Always. All right, let's see. Lee Grant says the Memphis Chiefs will be out in no time. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Jay, let's see. Michael Rodney says Jim Jordan has uh, his stories and his talking points and doesn't want to hear anything else. Well, he knows all the information, uh, nor address any counter. He doesn't want to address that because he can't. But he knows all this stuff. When these, for these guys to be lying, they had to know the truth. Let's remember that. They're lying because they know the truth. All right, Macaroni says Trump weaponization of weaponized the Department of Justice to go after his political rivals. Regular Republicans don't do that. Democrats don't do that. The DOJ is supposed to be an independent part of the executive branch, not directed exactly. Trump tried to, to stonewall NARA, the FBI, and DOJ for over a year, lying about willfully retaining government documents. Biden launched an investigation into himself as soon as any government documents were found. These are not the same. Eric says our current leader has had his for years and has 1,850 boxes and other electric files. Okay. Uh, again, that's right out of the right wing. Eric Hayes says equal justice under the law, not blind justice. I agree. Eric Zegberto, censorship of the news via Chuck Todd show is bad too. Think about it. Uh, yeah, it used to be censorship of any progressive ideas. It's To some extent, it is still censorship of progressive ideas. Daniel Ledo says, notice how Chuck Todd is focused on the crimes of the man out of power rather than the crimes of the man sitting in the White House. Which crimes are more immediate threat to the Republic? None. Because... Uh, uh, Trump is a has-been, and <laughs> Brother Biden, I'm most, I'm, I hate to tell you, really hasn't committed any crime per se. Uh, let's see. Michael Rodney says, Daniel Ledo, the crimes around January 6th are orders of magnitudes worse than anything you might be imagining. Biden did. That said, I am curious which specific crimes you are alleging Biden did. What's the right-wing bubble lying to you about lately? I hear you, brother. Then we got, para ver, para ver, para ver. Weekly meetings, Egberto with Twitter to force them to do their bidding. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. You know, I told a guy today that we're all indoctrinated, but some indoctrinations aren't, the, all indoctrinations are not the same, right? And unfortunately, mm, I won't say that. All right, what time is it? We are at 47. Uh, let's see what else I... Bear with me one second. The other article that I wanted to cover today is um, in, on the other show that I didn't quite get to cover as I should is Moderna COVID vaccine hike and the evilness behind it. I kind of covered this on Friday, but I think it's important for us to cover this to try to get our government to again take over the distribution of the COVID vaccine. And I, I think we should make a military issue out of it. Let me, let me go ahead and read and give, it, give you the, the lowdown. And it goes like this. The technology used to develop the Moderna vaccine was developed primarily with taxpayer dollars over decades. Now they want to hike prices. The following report from the KH a few uh, years back says it all. The vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna which are likely to be the first to win 50 approval, in particular rely heavily on two fundamental discoveries that emerged from federally funded research, the viral protein designed by Graham and his colleagues, and the concept of RNA modification, first developed by Drew Wiesman and Caitlin Carico at the University of Pennsylvania. In fact, Moderna's founder in 2010 named the company after the concept Modified RNA, Moderna, according to co-founder Robert Langer. This is the people's vaccine, said corporate critic Peter Mabor Duck, director of Public Citizens Access to Medicines program. 
Federal scientists help invent it and taxpayers are funding its development. It should belong to humanity. I agree, I agree, I agree. Moderna through spokesperson Ray Jordan acknowledged its partnership with NIH throughout the COVID-19 development process and earlier. Now, that, that's from the article. Now, this is me. COVID is a vicious virus. Everybody who wants a vaccine should get one. It is a national security issue. So, a vaccine developed from taxpayer dollars and an excellent infrastructure should be paid for by our government just like our military is. More importantly, parasitic corporations should not provide or should not profit from something necessary for national security. It costs $2.85 to manufacture the COVID vaccine. Moderna sold it to the government for $16 a shot. They sold it to the public for $26 a shot. Now they are proposing selling it to the public for $130 a shot. Wow. More than five times the cost to the people. Think about that. This is proof positive that healthcare does not belong in the for-profit domain. The inability people to, uh, people to pay and an evil corporation profiting off illnesses or preventing illnesses that kill and are highly contagious shows an inhumane and soulless system. I don't know about you guys, but I love humanity. I want to live in a humane system. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. We are going to change it back to a humane, well, change it to a, a, a humane state, state uh, a humane living. All right, Michael Rodney, let's see. Eric Hayes says, weekly meetings, I uh, got that. Uh, let's go to Rick Martinez. Welcome to Politics and Right, Rick Martinez. That Jim Jordan part that says equal treatment can say not doing it right, but I say this again. Yes, if each act same, Trump delayed blocked that lied, and then Biden didn't, so you don't get equal treatment. I think I get it. I think I get it. All right. Daniel Lado says, so classified documents stolen from D.C. and stored in a garage is no longer a crime? Sweet or grandfathering that? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a crime depending on whether it was done inadvertently or not. Trump made it clear he did it in a, did it vertently. He did it assertively. Daniel Ado says, so classified documents stolen from DC and stored and stored in a garage to larger uh, is no larger a crime. Sweet or grandfather in that? Oh Lord. Oh Lord, oh Lord. All right. Lee Grant says, uh, everyone here missed the fact I was there was on an Israeli attack. On Iran this weekend, keep an eye out. Huh, we should. All right, what else we got here? Uh, Egberto, five times. Can you link that article after the show? Uh, which, which one is that again? Which article you want me to link after the show, Rudin? And I'll do it. All right, Eric says, Egberto, the government gave Pfizer and others the path to be rich. With the vaccines that think about it think about it well they gave it to private companies what you guys have always been screaming private companies should do i don't agree with you all right let's see another one from rick martinez says notice three uh notice jim jordan never answered what you know what asked instead what he keeps deflecting in the uh, in the only traffic of trying to switch names of issues, go his bad faith in this. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Ronin says, Egberto, the one about the vaccine costing five times more. Will do. Although that's in my newsletter, uh, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, but I'll, I'll send it for you. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, Michael Renan also, Daniel Lado. regarding stolen government documents, the crime is willful retention. Thank you for that correction. If you find a classified document and try to keep it, 
That's when it's a crime. That is when it's a crime. So normally speaking, it's not a crime. All right. Um, any questions, any comments from anybody before we, we start? Oh, I need to do my ask, don't I? I always forget to do my ask. Folks, please remember this is a show that needs your support. If you are on YouTube, just click that join button. Become a part of our PDR Posse. Now, even if you're not on YouTube, you can still join the YouTube PDR Posse by going to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. But that's not it. Let's see. Where is it? Oops. Get back here. Get there. All right. Let's pick that up. Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Let me go ahead and put it in there. There we go. That's our YouTube channel. Uh, if you want to support us on YouTube, that's the link to support us on YouTube. If you want to support us on PayPal, the link to support us on PayPal is at politicsandright.com slash PayPal. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, it will be politicsandright.com slash Patreon. And of course, the Fist de Taunt. You, I don't know. I, don't, I never know how to say that word right. Okay, so bear with me. You can find all the links on how to support us at politicsandright.com slash support. Brother says, Egberto, found an article I wanted to read. It costs two eighty five to manufacture the COVID vaccine, Moderna. So, yeah, that's the article. That is the article from uh, in my substack. There you go. There you go. Thank you for finding it. That means I don't have to go uh, pull it up for you. You're a good man. All right, folks. Look, it is about that time for me to start winding this down. Do you have any questions, any requests? Hello, was doing taxes. I hear you, Bridge, Bridge. She's in the house. She was doing her million-dollar taxes. Uh, remember, Bridge, I'm a dependent. I'm your dependent. Come on, you know. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But anyhow, um, it is important, folks, um, that we share this stuff. Please share it. Please like it. Please like it on Facebook. Up thumb it on YouTube, but please go ahead and help us get this infrastructure going right. And you know what? I would like to do a lot of replication. So if anybody has the urge to do some of this, uh, feel free to speak to me and we'll kind of tell you all the little equipments that you need to get it together so that you can be one of our voices. Anyhow, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Adios. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.